Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Michelle Ferre and Bridget Spackman, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. And today, we are going to help you get more done using one simple trick. I love that. If you listened to our last episode on how to lesson plan like a pro, you already know what this trick is. We are going to be discussing batching, what it is, how to do it, and how it's going to help you get some of your time back. But first, Bridget, I really want to know what has been your time sucking hurdle lately? So I recently signed up with this fantastic company. It's called BBT Adventures. And so what it is, it's a company that really helps to get teachers around the world to experience different cultures, lifestyles, um, new experiences. But they also have the opportunity to go into schools all around the world to be able to see what education looks like in those areas and to be able to learn from one another, right? That's kind of the big thing. We all want to learn from one another. And I have been traveling. So I went to Jamaica. It was a fantastic trip. I loved every moment of it. It was kind of nice being able to go to the warmer side of the weather since it's been so cold here. And I... It was just fantastic, but I'm exhausted. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I just need a vacation from, I can't call it a vacation, although it may have felt like one because I was technically working it, but I need a vacation from it. Yeah, traveling is draining. It's so much fun, but when you come back, you do. You need time to be able to recover. Yeah, and so that's my time-sucking hurdle. But here's the thing, guys. We want to hear your time-sucking hurdles. We want to hear from all of you in order for you to get featured into this podcast. How cool is that? We will share your time-sucking hurdles with everyone else. We'll resonate with them because let's be honest, we all kind of have the exact same ones. So in order to do this, you can head over to teachingonthedouble.com on the homepage. There's going to be a little link there for you to share your TSH. Hey guys, and don't forget that we have a live event that's coming up on March 28th, and we are so excited about this event. Now, there are only a limited number of tickets, so make sure that you head over to the the show notes, click the link down there, or you can go to teachingonthedouble.com forward slash store to check out more about this amazing Top PD event. Bridget, I have a question for you. And I might have an answer for you. I hope you do. When was the last time you made cookies? Oh my gosh, girl. I make them all the time. My husband and my kids love cookies. Okay. When you make cookies, do you put them all on a tray and bake them all at once or do you bake your cookies one by one? Well, I totally try to put as many cookies as possible onto a tray. Absolutely, because it's more efficient, right? Can you imagine how crazy it would be if you could only bake one cookie at a time? Girl, my kitchen would be so hot. It would be ridiculous. So batching helps to make things more efficient and allows you to get more done. I really like that example of helping us understand what batching is. And when we think about batching, guys, we are it's really just taking tasks like tasks and grouping them together in order for your brain to be able to focus on them. Now, there are a lot of different brain theories that are out there, but uh, some of the ones that I've heard of, it says that it takes takes about 20 minutes for your brain to really get super focused onto a task. And so if you're constantly switching, you're not really kind of digging deep into what it is that you're doing. You can't focus on it fully. So, I mean, you could go out there, you can read all the theories yourself because we are totally not going to read you the research that is out there, but there is research out there. And Michelle, in the last episode, we talked about lesson planning as projects. And in there, you mentioned multitasking versus 
task switching. And I loved the way you explained it. So can you pick up and just kind of review us and refresh us on that? Yes. So in the last episode, I mentioned how a lot of people will say that they are excellent multitaskers, but they're confusing multitasking with task switching. Multitasking is the ability to complete more than one task at the same time. For example, walking and talking. But most people, when they say multitasking, they actually mean task switching. They mean the ability to quickly switch between tasks. And they may think that they're being productive when in reality, when they're switching between tasks frequently, they're just not getting as much done as they could be if they stuck to one task at a time. I think that is such a great way to be able to help people understand the difference between multitasking and just task switching. And I have to say, when I reflect back on, you know, everything that I've done over the years and I realize, ooh, I wasn't multitasking. I was really just truly task switching. I realized that I truly felt stressed. Do you know what I mean? I'm going from one thing to another to another, and it may seem like I have all of these different things that I'm trying to do. It felt very overwhelming, and I think my anxiety would end up rising with that. So I I think that's just such a wonderful way to really help people understand what it is that they're doing in that moment. So This idea of batching really came to me when I started teaching kindergarten because I would batch my lessons. I would have my small groups. I would plan my phonemic awareness. I would plan my centers. I would plan my math, my stations. All of those were done on very specific days in order for me to make sure that I had it done before the end of the week, which is that entire episode that we talked about this last time. Yeah, you were able to discover that early in your teaching career. I didn't discover it from teaching, as surprising as that is. I actually started batching through YouTube. Now, when I first started YouTube, I remember I would sit down. This is back when I lived in an apartment and I was literally filming in front of my bedroom door. It was a sight to see, but I would sit down. I would try to set up my lights and set up my camera and I would film and then I would edit and then I would post it. And I felt like by the time I finished doing that, it was time to record my next video because it took so long to do all of those steps. And after doing that for several months, I was like, all right, Michelle, there has to be a better way to do this. And I realized, hold on, I can sit down and record several videos all at one time. So that way I'm only getting out my lights once, but I'm getting several videos filmed at one time. And let's face it, I do not like having to get ready, doing my hair, doing my makeup. I don't enjoy that. So if I can just do that one time and then film multiple videos, I'm a much happier person. That is phenomenal. I am always in awe when you do that, but there's just no way with my two little ones that are running around the house like madman. It just won't happen in here. I can understand that, but let's go through some examples of tasks that you're able to batch as a teacher. So this includes answering your emails, grading, lesson planning, which is what we discussed in the last episode. Y'all, if you haven't listened to this episode yet, please go do it. We will link it down in the show notes. You can also batch making copies, laminating things. I mean, truly the options are limitless. 
So as you just mentioned, Michelle, in episode 007 of How to Lesson Plan Like a Pro, we talk about this idea of tackling big projects, whether they are reoccurring projects or one-time projects. And we mentioned batching, but we didn't go into a ton of detail. We did not get into the nitty gritty, but we're going to now. Oh yeah, absolutely. And like everything, I feel like we're so into steps. We're really big into steps, aren't we? We're a little into steps. Yeah, I love the whole idea of having steps. It just makes it easy. It helps my brain. So we have steps to help you understand and tackle batching and get those into practice. So step one is going to be to plan ahead. And you really need to think about for batching, what are those tasks, those like tasks that you can pull together to be able to complete them under one time? Now, This might depend on how big your tasks are. So a lot of the times you can do maybe two, three, or even six tasks all at one time, but you really need to think about how long will each individual task end up taking me. Yes. And the reason this step is so crucial is because you have to get planned ahead of time in order to be able to batch. You can't batch if you don't have anything planned. It just doesn't work like that. It's kind of like when I sit down to record YouTube videos, I need to have three to four videos planned out in order to batch them because if they're not planned, then I can't record them. And the same is true for teaching. One of the tasks we mentioned that you can batch as a teacher is making copies. So that means instead of only making copies for the next day, you would make copies for the entire week. That way you're only going to the copier once a week, you're making all of your copies and you're good to go instead of constantly running to the copy machine every day because that wastes time. But in order to make your copies for the whole week, that means you need to be planned out for the whole week and you need to be ready to go to make your copies. And I have to say there are those time sucking hurdles of where the copier machine doesn't end up working. And so you are rushing to the copier machine to make your copies for that day. And then that sucker is not functioning well. It's so unbelievably frustrating. Oh my goodness. I'm so happy you brought this up. I'm usually the first one to the copier in the morning. I like to make my copies in the morning before anyone else gets there. But that means I'm the one that's turning it off of energy save mode, which means I'm the one standing there waiting for it to warm up, which usually takes a solid five minutes. So I don't want to have to do that every single day. I would rather just do it once a week. Yeah, absolutely. And that leads us into step two. Now, guys, step two is going to tie really, really beautifully with step one. And step two is to decide how long those tasks are going to end up taking you. Now, like I said, it goes back to step one because you need to actually plan it out and have a very clear understanding of what you are going to be doing in order to determine how much time that is going to take you and how much time you need to devote to that particular batch. Different tasks are going to take a different amount of time. So I always use this example because I feel like it's a really good one. ELA is just really, really difficult to plan. And that just takes up so much more time for me other than like planning for a morning meeting or planning for my warm ups for math. Those are just two different worlds. 
They definitely are. And if you find that a batch is going to take too long and you just cannot find the time for it in your schedule, because let's be honest, as teachers, we have extremely busy schedules. That's okay. All you need to do is break the task into smaller batches. Now, you can actually do this two different ways. You could break the task into smaller pieces, or you could batch a smaller amount of the task. So let me use an example. I also teach ELA. So when it comes to planning ELA, I like to sit down and do it all at one time. But let's say I have a super busy week and I just cannot find that big chunk of time to get it all done. I can break the task into smaller pieces. I may spend a certain amount of time just planning my whole group lesson. And then I might spend another chunk of time planning my small group guided reading lessons. That way I can still get it done, but I'm kind of breaking it up and doing it at separate times. Another option is to only batch a smaller amount of the task. So maybe instead of planning five days, if I can only find time to plan three days, that's better than not getting any of it done. So I can sit and just plan those three days and then find another chunk of time where I could plan the remaining two days. And this leads in perfectly to step three. And step three, guys, is going to be to choose a time to batch. So this is where you need to sit down with your schedule and really make sure that you have very clearly defined times that you are available. You're almost scheduling an appointment. Think of your batch time as an appointment that you need to stay and have committed to yourself. So once you sit down and you look at the times that you have available, make sure that you're putting in those practices, guys, whether you have to be somewhere for your own kids, whether you're doing something after school, have all of those times placed in and really see what times you have available in those bigger chunks. And once you have that, you can then start to identify where you can place your batches. Now, keep in mind that this might change week from week. So if you have a schedule that just kind of it's never really the same. You need to sit down every single week to identify those blocks of time. And this is where using a schedule comes in handy. A schedule allows you to keep track of your flexible and not flexible times. So not flexible times refers to those times where you are committed to being somewhere, whether it's an appointment, going to a kid's practice, or volunteering with an after-school event. Personally, I coach Hero Boys and Girls on the Run. Those are after school running programs that my school runs, no pun intended, (laughs) but I have to be there until a certain time where on the other hand, flexible times refer to kind of my downtime. Like once that practice ends, I can spend my time however I want, but having it all laid out in a schedule allows you to really know what times are flexible and what times are not. We're going to go into more detail in a future episode because we have so much more to add on this, but you can do this physically in a notebook or like a physical planner, or you can do it digitally through something like Google Calendar, but just make sure you are using a schedule to help you keep track of those times. Then all you have to do is look at your schedule, choose a set time to do your batching, and then write it down so that you are committed to it. Like Bridget said, this needs to be an appointment with yourself and whatever the task is that you're batching and you need to get it done. Michelle, I'm so happy that you ended up mentioning that because I feel like we need to give a little bit of tough love. And guys, we really need to make sure that 
whatever it is that we are putting into our calendar, whether it's a time to be able to, you know, commit to being able to batch a, a, a variety of tasks, we need to stick to it. <laughs> you need to follow through with what it is that you are putting into your calendar. If you're not following through, if you're not taking that time, then nothing is going to change for you. It's that whole idea of, I hear people with planners always say, a planner doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for me. It's not going to walk and talk for you guys. You have to make the effort to put it into practice in order for it to work. So Batching is not going to be easy in the beginning. Michelle, was it easy in the beginning? Oh, absolutely not. But it does get easier the more you do it, especially when you start doing it and you realize how much time it does end up saving you. But you have to put in the work in order to see those results, right? Hashtag results. Yeah, hashtag results, girl. Okay, so let's head into step four, which is to gather all of your materials. Guys, this one is so important. Your productivity increases if you aren't searching for all of the materials you need in order to accomplish a task. This might mean like if, if you need a picture book in order to be able to plan that ELA lesson and you can't find that picture book because you didn't plan ahead and gather all of those materials in the first place, you're gonna go to your neighbor across the hall and you're gonna ask for that picture book, but then that's going to lead into a 20 minute discussion about a doctor's visit. That reminded me of those books. I think it's by Laura Numeroff. The, if you give a mouse a cookie, if you give a pig a pancake, if you give a teacher a picture book, she will chit chat with yes, her coworker. That is so right. That is exactly what it is. It leads to distractions when you don't have all of your materials. You end up getting off task. You're running into coworkers. It's just not productive for you. So before you get ready to batch, you need to make sure that you have everything you need. Now, I'm going to lay a little top tip on you all. Do you Ooh, like what I did there? Top tip. I really hope you all are not getting sick of us using that acronym because we're going to use it a lot more. Oh, they love it. <laughs> Ad admit it, guys. You love it. But if this is a repeating batch, meaning a batch you're going to do again and again, such as lesson planning, such as making copies, I would love for the day to come when I no longer have to make copies, but that day is not coming anytime soon. If it is a repeating batch, then you need to create a checklist of all of the materials that you need to make it easier for you the next time. Oh, absolutely. And then once you have that checklist, then you are ready for step five, which is get it done. And in order to get it done, you need to do one really important thing. Well, maybe many important things. And one of those is going to be to reduce distractions. Guys, this means close that door, close the blinds, turn the cell phone on silent, put it on the other side of the room, or even put it on do not disturb. You can even take your laptop or your computer, put it on airplane mode in order to be able to stop the text because I have text messages that will pop up on my laptop and it is incredibly distracting. And you also need to make your environment functional. It's almost like you're going on a date with yourself. Ooh, a batching date. Ooh, a batching date. Yes, it really is. But you need to be comfortable. You need to enjoy the space that you are in in order for you to be the most productive. So 
one way that you could do this is to light a candle, put some good music on, make sure you have some cozy slippers going, get comfortable, but be in a place that really motivates you to want to get work done. Now I'm going to lay another top tip on you all. (laughs) Okay, I'll stop. But seriously, I love to set timers because for me, it becomes like a race against the clock. It's like a game. Can I get this task done before the timer goes off? Bridget, have you ever put something in the microwave and you like set the microwave for say a minute or two minutes and then you're like, oh, I need to go run upstairs and do this. And your goal is to go up and do it and come back before the microwave stops. Um, We make Blaine do that to go to the bathroom. Okay. That's so much cuter. <laughs> it is really cute. <laughs> Now, since we're talking about getting things done, let's talk about what happens if you don't, because we're adults, this is the real world, and there are consequences for not getting things done. If you end up fiddle farting around, I love using that word. I know Bridget had never really heard it before I I used it last episode. I know what it is now, guys. I'm totally up with it. But if you're procrastinating and you're not being productive and you don't get your things done, that means you're going to end up missing out on fun activities. You may have had a date night planned or a night out with your friends and now you don't get to go because you have to be responsible and you have to get your work done. So keep that in mind. There are consequences for not getting things done. And on the flip side and on a more positive note, there are also rewards for finishing. I personally love to watch Grey's Anatomy. It's one of my favorite shows. So good. And that is a reward that I look forward to. Now, it doesn't have to be watching a show. It could be reading a book or it could be baking cookies, going back to the beginning of this episode. But if you plan those rewards for you, it's going to motivate you to get it done. Yeah. And it sounds a lot like school, right? With our own students. They have rewards and they have consequences for when they do or do not complete their work. Yes, that is so true. My students are loving. We have this website called Typing Club and it's teaching them how to type and they love it, which I'm happy that they go on because they need to learn how to type. It's an essential skill, but that is extremely motivating for them because they have to get their work done in order to go on there. I'm so happy you made that connection. Yes. So let's review our steps. Step one is going to be plan ahead. Figure out what you need to do and then group those tasks together. Step two is decide how long. Identify the length of time needed in order to complete each of those batches. Step three is choose a time to batch. Find those blocks in your schedule in order to place those batches and be able to get them done. Step four is gather all of your materials. Identify your materials to reduce friction and get started on those tasks much quicker. And step five, guys, is get it done. Just do it. Stay focused, set the mood, and go on a batch date. And remember that batching really works best for those big projects, those tasks that have to be broken down into those smaller pieces in order for you to be able to accomplish it. And the hardest part of it all, guys, is planning, sitting down, taking the time, and really planning the entire process out. But we've got you covered. We have created a project planning organizer for you and it's free. So make sure you head over to our website at teachingonthedouble.com forward slash 008 so you can download that and start using it. And while you're at it, 
go over to the homepage. So just teachingonthedouble.com and download our seven ways to jumpstart your teacher productivity. It is a free PDF and it actually has a list of 14 different tasks you can batch as a teacher to just help get those brain juices flowing. So until next time, be timely, stay organized and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.